Every calendar quarter, March, June, September, December, long about the penultimate Wednesday, we've been playing the market cap game show. Our format is simple. Two guest star contestants giving their best guesses at the market cap, the overall value of some of the best known or most interesting stocks on the market. Oh, oh, and there's a third contestant, a very special guest star, and that is, of course, you, my dear listener, playing along and learning at home. Yep, that's right. So it's time to gather the kids and the in-laws, invite your neighbors over, physically distanced, and put your market cap hat on. Well, maybe your market cap thinking cap for this, the Baker's Dozen 13th installment of the Market Cap Game Show this week only on Rule Breaker Investing. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. Thanks for spending a very special week with us. Yep, once a quarter, it's the Market Cap Game Show. I'm so excited to be joined shortly by my guest stars this week, but a few housekeeping notes. In advance, the first is we have an extra podcast this week. It's something that happens from time to time for Rule Breaker Investing, and I'm really excited to be joined by Whole Foods Market founder John Mackey, who, full disclosure, also happens to be a member of the Motley Fool Board of Directors. Uh, these days, Whole Foods, as many of us know, is owned by Amazon. Well, John has a new book out called Conscious Leadership, and it is an outstanding read, and I'm delighted that he'll be joining me this weekend for a conversation about that book. So if you're already subscribed to this podcast through iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast, you're going to see an extra one. You have a weekend treat in store. John Mackey joining me to discuss his book, Conscious Leadership. And then just looking back on the month it was, I'd like to mention again last week's podcast. So much fun with my friends Kara Chambers and Lee Burbage talking about company culture tips, how to work from home better, something on a lot of our minds, whether we are employers or employees. It's really a part of worldwide culture here in 2020. And Kara and Lee had some wonderful tips, some creative and smart ways to do the working from home better. So if you didn't get a chance to hear them last week, I think you'll love that. Also, earlier this month, we did a lot of reviewing of past five stock samplers, and I picked my newest one, the first week of this month on September 2nd, five stocks indistinguishable from magic. So that captures where we've been on Rule Breaker Investing this month. And of course, with John Mackey this weekend, where we're going. But most immediately, where are we headed now? Well, I'm really delighted to welcome for her Rule Breaker Investing market cap game show debut, my friend, Motley Fool Analyst, Maria Gallagher. Maria, welcome. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining in, Maria. And I'm wondering if you could just briefly introduce yourself, give us a little bit about your background, and maybe share your, your favorite market cap, whatever that might mean to you. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Maria Gallagher. I have been at The Fool for a little over two years. I started as an intern two summers ago, and I've been on the investing team a year and a half now. And my favorite market cap, I would say, is probably... 1 billion because then it can be a unicorn. And I think that's a fun term. And I like that we can call things unicorns if they're companies that are valued at a billion dollars before they go public. I think that's great. That is that is pretty great. It, it, it has happened with increasing rapidity in recent years. Uh, I, I'm pretty glad that companies are starting to come public again, Maria. It did seem like for some years there, nobody was coming public. It's not quite as fun to be a rule breaker when new rule breakers aren't showing up in the markets. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's interesting because the unicorns are seen more often than you would think they would be, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean they're not unicorns anymore? If we're seeing unicorns all over the place, are they no longer unicorns? Are they just horses? Yeah. Maybe they're just horses. All right. Well, thank you for that deep insight, Maria. That very much fits with the style and pace of this show, the Market Cap Game Show, A Gamey Thought. And your fellow contestant this this week, yep, he's coming back from his appearance on last quarter's Market Cap Game Show. Tim Byers, welcome back. Thanks, David. Good to be back. Tim, you had a great run of it. I think you tied Dan Klein 5-5. Five to five. Yep, there are no tiebreakers for the Market Cap Game Show, so I think it's fair to say you are our returning champion. I could have had Dan back. It's just he's so busy doing Motley Fool Live every hour, it's hard to schedule him, or really, frankly, you, Tim. Both of you are doing yeoman's work on Motley Fool Live. Tim, could you briefly reintroduce yourself to our audience and share your favorite Market Cap? Sure. So I'm Tim Byers. Uh, I've been working on Rule Breakers with David since 2005, April 2005. So it's been 15 years, uh, 15 great years. I really love uh, working on Rule Breakers. I'm also the lead advisor for Cloud Disruptors 2020, which is a real money portfolio at The Motley Fool. And uh, my favorite market cap, David, is roughly... 225 billion. I'm not Aaron Bush, so I'm not going to go down into the second decimal. <laughs> but what I will say is that 225 billion is roughly the market cap for salesforce.com, which is a stock I've held for a really long time and has been a pretty significant winner for me personally and hopefully for a few of our members. Uh we we like that stock a lot at at Rule Breakers. Great one. And Tim, it has been a spectacular performer, a company that really is an exemplar to so many others. The one-one-one approach that Mark Benioff uh, self-styled as he founded his company. One percent, Tim, of revenues go to charity. One percent of employees' time goes in volunteer form to wherever they want to volunteer. And then the last is, I think, one percent of the product given for free to those who would not otherwise be able to to afford it. And that's something that I'd love to see catch on across a lot of other businesses worldwide. That's kind of a conscious capitalism vibe. Do you agree? I completely agree. This is a company that really does an incredible job building a culture of uh, connected, you know, employee connectedness. It's a great uh, culture. They they literally use the word Ohana Hawaiian for family to describe their their culture. And then part of the a key part of that culture is giving back and everybody gets in on the game. And I think that is amazing. It is amazing. Almost as amazing, Tim, as the cost basis that you brought that stock to Rule Breakers, as you mentioned, 2009, $6.89 today, trading around 245. It's been a 35 bagger. Spectacular. Now, spoiler alert, Tim, Salesforce is not among the 10 for this market cap game show. I figured. So, I so, figured. Yeah, we, we did have it for you last time. Gave you an yep. opportunity to tell some of that story three months ago, but nope, no Salesforce this time. We might have a cloud disruptor or two, though. We'll have to see. All right. So here comes the market cap game show. Yep. If you take the price per share of any stock in the world, let's go with Roku right now, which is trading around 188 and you multiply it times the number of shares. Let's just pretend that Roku had 10 million shares. It doesn't, but let's just pretend it did. The market cap would be 10 million shares times 188. And if I'm doing my math well, that's something like 18.8 billion. And uh, that's not a bad guess at the market cap for Roku. I'm checking it right now. It's at 24 billion. By the way, 
Roku being used as an example because it's also not on this episode of the Market Cap Game Show. So price per share times the number of shares gives us, as investors, a quick read on the market cap, on the value, the price tag you'd have to pay for that company. Now, asterisk, it's actually enterprise value that you're paying because if a company has a lot of debt and you're buying it, then you're technically buying that debt too. So you add that debt to the market cap to determine the enterprise value, but that's not nearly as fun as talking about the market cap. It's not quick math. And I think most of us have just gotten familiar and comfortable with market cap as a quick read on seeing how much something's worth. In conclusion, before we start the game, why do we play this game? We play this game because it's a wonderful way to think about a company going forward when you buy some shares. For example, Roku today is worth about $24 billion. Could you ever see that being a quarter of a trillion one day? I don't know. But if you did, then you would see that you could make about 10 times your money. You're projecting for the possibilities. If you, for some reason, thought Roku could never get above $100 billion, then that kind of caps in your own mind how much that stock could go up since it could really only go up about four times in value. There is ultimately no limit. The sky's the limit for any company, and yet for many different companies, they're limited by their own brand or their own focus or niche or industry or possibilities. Every stock is different. When you know the market cap, you know a lot more than most other investors who do not know the market cap. So that's why we made a game of it. And Maria and Tim are bravely stepping forward now as we begin to play the market cap game show theme. All right. 10 stocks coming at you. Just like every past game show, I'll be asking one of my contestants their best guess, what is the market cap of that company? And then their opponent will simply say higher or lower. And by the way, you, my dear listener, are their opponent as well. You can simply say higher or lower and score yourself at home. And in fact, if you want to share in social media how you did, we always love to see how you're doing at home too. We're at RBI Podcast on Twitter. All right. Well, Maria, we drew lots. Actually, I just randomized this on my phone and you are up first. You're going to make the first call on this first company. Now, Maria, are you working from home today? I am working from home today. Yes. And roughly how long have you been working from home? Since early March. And indeed, so have I and probably so has Tim and probably so have so many of us hearing me right now. And when we're working from home, Maria, do you find yourself using a particular video platform? <laughs> I do. I'm a big fan of Skype. Excellent. Well, <laughs> Skype, and I love the head fake there, Skype, not a directly tradable public company itself. There is a competitor to Skype. I think some people might say it's become better known than Skype in something like six months. Crazy. And, and that is the stock I'm thinking of right now. Maria, what stock do you think I'm thinking of right now? Maybe Zoom. Exactly. One of the biggest ticker symbol mistakes most people have made in 2020 thinking that <laughs> Zoom's ticker is Z-O-O-M. But I know, Tim, you know that Zoom's ticker symbol is? Z-M. Exactly. And that is stock number one. Maria, I bet you've got to know Zoom awfully well. We're all about to get to know the market cap of Zoom Awfully well. I'm glad I don't have to make a guess at this myself because this stock just keeps making new highs and it's astonishing. Maria, 
Your best guess, the market cap for Zoom video communications, ZM. My guess is $133 billion. Tim Byers, that's a pretty good guess. I know you probably have spent some time looking at this company. This yeah. would be one of those cloud disruptors, I think. Tim, higher or lower? It's so close to that. And as of, boy, I, I'm very tempted to say higher, but I think it's slightly lower than this. So I'm going to say slightly lower. And wow, you're right. Maria made a great guess, and it was just a little lower. So we are recording, of course, Tuesday afternoon, as we are wont to do, where the market cap of Zoom trading just over $490 a share is $125.5 billion, just a little lower than Maria's $133. Tim, would you buy Zoom today? Uh, I would. I own two shares of, of Zoom and I think that this is one of the defining companies of the current generation we're in. I don't think I'd pay a lot and buy a huge number of shares, but yes, I would be interested in adding to my an incredibly large two share position. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, do you own any Zoom? I do not know. It has been an amazing stock. My brother Tom picked it last summer, so a year ago. It's I don't even know how far it's up for Tom, but I picked it earlier this year in March, and it's up 278% since then. This has been one of those companies that has truly shot across the night skies, a star shot stock and one that um, I don't own personally myself, but I sure am glad that Tom and I have picked it and so many full members and no doubt a lot of our listeners have owned at least a share, if not two, Tim. All right, so we'll leave Zoom right there. Tim won, Maria, nothing, even though I feel like Maria deserves at least a half point for that <laughs> excellent guess, but that's not how we score the game. How are you doing at home? We hope you've scored a point as well. All right, let's go to stock number two. Tim, have you ever spent much time on TikTok? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I, I probably I probably should know more about this because I have teenagers, but no, I have never actually tried TikTok. <laughs> have you seen any of your teenagers dancing in front of their mobile phone recently? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, nor have I. Maria, you are admittedly about a half generation younger than we are, if not a full generation. Maria, is TikTok part of your life? Um, I don't have a TikTok, but I have learned dances on TikTok, and I have watched many TikTok videos that my friends have sent me. Excellent. Maybe that'll give you a little bit of an edge here. Now, TikTok, as many of us know, is not a tradable stock, a public company. It certainly is under fire from the Trump administration. Uh, there has been a lot of reporting around what should happen with TikTok. Should it be bought out by an American company, the American side of it? Should it be banned from America. How should we think about TikTok? Well, we can't think about TikTok, the stock on this podcast, but we can think about the companies that are setting themselves up to become part owners of TikTok. And Tim, one of those companies was started by Larry Ellison a long time ago. Yeah, Oracle. Exactly. Oracle, ticker symbol O-R-C-L, has been, for the most part, an amazing company on the stock market for measured by decades, the world's leading database company in many ways. But 
especially an era pre-cloud, Tim, when Oracle could come up with its new version and sell that. And uh, when the cloud showed up, Oracle got a little disrupted. Is it fair to say that? Oh, it's very fair to say that. In fact, I sold... True story, I sold my shares of Oracle before I bought my shares of Salesforce. That is awesome. So that means you've avoided some underperformance, which we've seen from Larry Ellison's company in recent years. And yet it's still a pretty big company. Tim, have you followed TikTok, Oracle, etc.? Is that part of your focus or is this not on your map? I followed Oracle a little bit because of the disruption and... I have to say, I've been maybe a little bit unfair with Oracle in terms of how well its its own cloud platform performs. They, you know, the big three are Amazon, Microsoft, and Google Cloud, but Oracle's in there too, and they like to say so. And interestingly enough, they serve Zoom, so the Oracle Cloud serves Zoom. So I've probably been a little bit harsher on Oracle than I need to be, but I would also say they are still getting disrupted. Fair enough. And, you know, I have to say, looking at the 10-year chart now, which I am for the first time in some time, Tim, I'm seeing Oracle. I mean, it's it's not been a bad stock. The company 10 years ago was trading around 27. Today, it's 60. So it's about doubled um, yeah. over the last 10 years. And, you know, in general, a lot of sideways movement, a little bit down here and there. But I have to say, it is at all-time highs now. It's just that some of that growth, so much of the growth happened years ago. Well, I'll stop beating around the bush. Tim Byers, what is your best guess at the market cap for Oracle? So one thing I think is true is that Salesforce passed Oracle a little while ago, like to become a bigger market cap company. But I don't know the exact market cap of Oracle. So my best guess here, David, is about $191 billion. But uh, I don't know. We're about to find out. Maria, $191 billion. Tim said higher or lower for Oracle, ticker symbol O-R-C-L. I'm going to say lower because I think it's 183 or 182. Wow. I am Did impressed. Did she nail it? Oh, Somebody man. was doing her homework, $184 billion. It is wow. lower. I feel like turnabout is fair play since... Each of you made a great call, and the other person just got to say higher or lower and got the point. Maria, you get the point here. Now, Maria, you, Tim, and I all know that neither of you was given any list of stocks or access or sense of what was coming. You were in the proverbial soundproof booth, and yet you were still preparing some. Yes. Which I think is smart. Do you want to share any tip for preparing for the show, not just for Tim, who may or may not need it, but for so many of us listening at home? Well, I get the benefit of working with a lot of really smart people who have participated in the market game show before. So I did send out two slacks that started with SOS to Emily Flippin and Aaron Bush ah. and said, I've never done the game show, market cap game show before. Do you have any tips? And they both said, study. <laughs> and they both said, think about like companies you think David might ask about. And remember the companies you've brought to David because you don't want to be embarrassed if he asks you a company that, well, that you have brought. <laughs> that is spectacular, Maria. And outside. so not everybody at home, unfortunately, can slack Aaron Bush or Emily Flippin <laughs> and ask them for tips. But we can hear from Maria 
their best tip. And yeah, I think that that's pretty spectacular. I myself didn't know I was going to be asking about Oracle until about 15 minutes ago, but I just decided why not? It has been in the news and that is often a reason it might show up on the market cap game show. Sounds like Maria, you had studied that one well played. Thank you. All right. Next one up stock number three, Maria, when it comes to sports, are you a fan? Let's just start there. Um, I don't really get sports, so I'm I'm not not a fan. I just I like the Yankees, but I, that's just more loyalty to New York than anything else. <laughs> and that reminds me to ask you: you are indeed from New York City, Maria, born and bred. Yes, a little bit outside the city, but born and bred New Yorker. So strongly identifying with with Manhattan, with the greater New York area. You're a Yankees fan. How I guess how could you not be, right? Yeah, the greatest team in baseball history. It's an easy team to be a fan of. Does that translate to caring about the New York Giants football team or the New York Jets or anything else? My Uncle Frankie really likes the Jets. All right, good. Well, I'm glad he got a call on this week's podcast. Hey, Frankie. (laughs) All right, well, let's stick with sports a little bit longer. Maria, when it comes to buying sports clothing, I'm sure you run or you do something active. You seem in good shape to me. Do you consider yourself an athlete? I really like in workout classes when they call me an athlete. I wouldn't actually consider <laughs> myself one, but I appreciate it when they say it to me. Do you, do you have a particular brand that you find yourself buying off the rack, sometimes mechanically without even thinking about it because you just have such affinity for that brand? Um, if I'm in a splurgy mood, I will go to Lululemon. If I'm in not a splurgy mood, I will do TJ Maxx. But it doesn't sound like you've spent a lot of money on Under Armour products. I have not, no. And unfortunately, neither have many other Americans, both (laughs) real athletes and, like me, fake athletes, because Under Armour has been sucking wind for some years now. Tim, this is a stock that we've had in Motley Fool Rule Breakers since, my golly, it goes all the way back to 2006. It was a monster winner. That first decade or so. Do you remember those days? Oh, my gosh. If only it had continued to be what it was, what we thought it could be, (laughs) it would be a monster right now. (laughs) And we would wish that for all of our stocks. Some of our stocks actually do deliver that kind of performance. And Under Armour was one such stock. And then came something like 2015. And I think at the time, Kevin Plank the founder and CEO started to think that the world was moving toward Fitbit and wearable Mm -hmm. technology and made some big bets there that didn't pan out so well. And then we started learning more about Under Armour's culture, not necessarily the most wholesome corporate culture. And one thing's led to another and Under Armour is a faded giant. Now, of course, we're about to ask what the company's market cap is. But before I do, Maria, when you see an Under Armour logo, does that do anything for you? I recognize it. I guess that's worth something. But I I wouldn't say that I am. I don't really like, I actually will say I don't really like the performance wear shirts because I think that they're not as comfortable as just regular shirts to work Mm. out in. Fair. Well, that wick wear, a lot of us associate um, 
Under Armour's initial innovations there, right? With that wearable garment that kind of got your moisture off of you and was very thin. And I have to admit, these days when I buy t-shirts, I almost never want the 100% cotton anymore. Do you remember those days, Tim? I mean, back oh, in the sure. day, those big, thicker t-shirts, but now it yeah. just feels like this cumbersome thing that I'm wearing. I much prefer some poly mix or something i don't know if you share the same oh you know what i'm getting i'm getting old so i figure like you know what give me the thick shirt i'm all for it give me give me the thick shirt i'm gonna embrace my inner old man all right well said well i will give maria this hint under armor five years ago this week was at 40 today it's around 10 in fact it's a little bit below 10 but more to the point maria gallagher what is the market cap of Under Armour, in this case, we'll use ticker symbol UA. It has a couple different classes of share. Um, I'm doing the thing that I do when I play trivia where I don't know the actual answer, but I'm thinking of all of the <laughs> random facts I know about Under Armour. Like, I know they acquired MyFitnessPal for $250 million, but that's not relevant. <laughs> I just want to say it so <laughs> when I get this wrong, people know that I know something about Under Armour. That sounds already very convincing to me. Thank you. So I'm going to guess, this is a guess. I'm going to guess like $6 billion maybe? Tim Byers, $6 billion. Tim Byers, end players at home higher or lower? I think it's slightly higher than that. I think it's closer to $10 billion, but I might be wrong about this. And indeed, this time you are, Tim. Maria, the point goes to you. The market cap of Under Armour is now $4.2 billion. <sighs> I was so going to say lower. four, but then I thought that that was too low. Turns out you didn't wow. need to because Tim said <laughs> nice. higher anyway. Nice. That's a good pull. I like it. It, it is a good pull. It p puts Maria up two to one. It's just astonishing to me to think the loss of value that, that we've seen there. And it has remained a rule breakers recommendation all the way through. So it is, it's been in, in and out of the penalty box in recent years, but boy, what was once a multi-bagger, well, actually, we're still up about a double from 2006, but that doesn't feel so great when you've held the stock for 14 years. All right, let's keep going to stock number four. So, Tim, in its own way, Under Armour tries to be an upscale brand. At various points, it has been perceived as a premium brand within its category. The next company continues to have that positioning in its own very different industry. Tim, when was the last time you went out and bought a jewelry of any form? Mm, it's been a long time. I mean, maybe this is a reminder, and I'm saying this as much to myself and any yeah. other husband out there, but <laughs> yeah. you know, for those with wives, I do feel as if this particular brand uh, has a special sparkle to it. Its boxes are kind of an off blue color, a light blue color, kind of robin's yep. egg blue. And the company, Tiffany & Company, ticker symbol TIF, has been in the news in recent months because, Tim, I don't know how carefully you follow this, Tiffany is not exactly a rule breaker, but the company had agreed to merge with a French company, LVMH, Moet, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton, one of the longer corporate names in the entire world. I, I believe LVMU might be the over-the-counter ticker symbol for those who might want to buy it, but it is a much larger company than over-the-counter would suggest. And these companies said they were going to merge months ago, and then recently it seems Tim and Maria LVMH has been backing out of the merger, trying to, in Tiffany's words, um, slow down and not request some of the 
steps that you would expect to have in order to, with proper governance, acquire another company. And it's all been kicked, it seems, into the new year. And earlier this week, we have a judge favoring Tiffany a little bit, saying this needs to be fast-tracked. Ideally, that they would negotiate a settlement before the January 5th trial date next year. We don't need to get too much down in the weeds on this one. This is not a stock we have under recommendation, but it is an interesting company. And I'm curious, Tim, what your guess is at the market cap for Tiffany and company, ticker symbol TIF. So just like Maria did her guess last time here, I am 100% guessing here. (laughs) So what I do when I'm guessing... In order, when I'm playing the market cap game show, is to throw out random numbers that are super specific to potentially throw off my opponent here. <laughs> so I have two completely randomly super specific numbers. I think it's somewhere between 16.7 billion, David, and 18.5. So I'm wow. going to go with 17.1 billion. All right, 17.1 billion players at home, and Maria Gallagher higher or lower? Tiffany. I'm going, I have no idea. I'm going to say lower. And Maria, you just took a three to one lead that the market caps and Tim, a pretty good guess. I I have to admit part of the reason I never play the game. I just get to be Alex Trebek (laughs) is because I'd never get embarrassed. And I probably would have had an embarrassingly low number here. The market cap for Tiffany is 13.9 billion. The stock Mm. is at about 116 today. It makes some spasmodic lurches higher or lower based on the headlines like the one I mentioned earlier this week, because this is now as much about the courts as it might be about how you or I might fairly or unfairly value Tiffany. So it's in a really odd position. Uh, The stock, for example, dove from 135 down to 110 in one day in June based on developments around the LVMH merger. It's funny, thinking about that French company, you have so many luxury brands packed into just the corporate name. Um, Maria or Tim, do you have any associations with, with either Louis Vuitton, Moet, or how about just Tiffany itself? I own a Tiffany necklace that I got when I was a flower girl at my cousin's wedding. And my gift for being a flower girl, I was less than 10 years old. I got this pretty flower necklace and I still have it and it still fits. That is awesome. Well, I I think that people who've bought and held Tiffany's stock um, have been very well rewarded. I'm not sure what year you were nine, Maria, but I can tell you that the stock in 2009, was it 15? To, so to see Tiffany up at $116 a share today reminds me that it's been about a 10-bagger if you really picked it well in the darkest times a decade ago. I would not have expected that. I have to admit myself. I would have thought it gets disrupted. Blue Nile was a stock pick we had in Rule Breakers, Tim, for quite a while there. Yep. Not a great stock in, in the end, but you would think wouldn't you, that maybe a retail bricks and mortar company would be more disrupted than that? And yet, Tiffany, it's positioning for, especially for engagement rings, that's not that much of an online market, probably, as we discovered with Blue Nile. All right, so Tim, your work cut out a little bit for you right now. Maria, three, Tim, one. Maria, back to you. All right, to stock number five. Maria, do you like beer? No. <laughs> I, I don't like beer I either. Why I don't really like sports. I don't really like beer. <laughs> and Tim, Tim, you're not a beer drinker, I don't think, are you? Not too much of a beer drinker. No, not anymore. And part of the reason I remember that is because we talked about this very company three months ago. And spoiler alert, 
Tim got this one about as wrong as anybody <laughs> did that particular show, which is why I thought it'd be fun to bring this one back. You know, in the early uh, days of the market coming. cap, in the early days of the market cap game show, Etsy was an example stock that we would use. And then we'd play with it on the show. And Matt Argusinger, who was joining us for multiple shows at that time, kept getting it wrong every time, <laughs> even though he knew it was coming back. And so it kind of became a thing, but it also became another thing because Etsy frequently surprised Matt at how small its market cap was. And so the point I was making at the time is, you know, if you're guessing a company's market cap and you say 20 billion and you find out the truth is it's just 5 billion, that kind of suggests that you think it has a lot of room to grow because you thought it was 20 and it's only five. And so that to me looks like a pretty bullish indicator. So that's one way to have even more fun with the market cap game show. And indeed, Boston Beer was one that Tim got pretty dramatically wrong. Now, I'm not going to say what the market cap is because I'm about to ask that question of Maria Gallagher, but I would like to point out what happened three months ago. Tim said a number. Dan Klein, his competitor, said lower. Turns out Dan was right. Tim guessed a number way higher. And this company, Boston Beer, ticker symbol Sam, in the last three months has gone up more than 50%. In other words, that indicator that if you think something is quite big and you find out it's a lot smaller, maybe you should buy this stock, would have worked really well in just the last three months for Boston Beer, ticker symbol Sam. So it sounds like none of us three, fellow fools, really spend any time drinking the product here. And yet, here I am asking you, Maria, what is the market cap of Boston Beer, ticker symbol Sam? I think this is going to be embarrassing because I think I'm going to say a number that is horribly wrong. <laughs> I am going to say $36.4 billion. Tim Byers, higher or lower? Oh, dear Lord, I hope I'm right about this. Slightly lower. Wow. All right. Well, Tim, I first of all, Tim, you got it right. It is lower. But, friends, lower by quite a lot, which reminds <laughs> me again of what we just <laughs> talked about, which is Tim and Maria and everybody listening at home, maybe you should be buying some more Sam stock because the market cap for Boston beer is $10.8 billion. That is up more than 50% since we last did this show three months ago. This is an Etsy-like indicator that I'm now tracking. So, yep, market cap for Boston Beer, $10.8 billion. Jim Cook, the founder, uh, longtime CEO of this company, uh, is probably smiling all the way to the bank with his company, which you know initially was sort of a, a craft beer. And a lot of people, that's how they thought about Sam Adams. And then this company began to invest in the whole idea of craft beers as a platform and began almost turned into a VC for other craft beers. And yet these days it operates in this strange space where it seems too big to be cool like craft beers are, but nothing compared to the size of something like Anheuser-Busch. And so Boston Beer, which has been operating in sort of that nether space, that middle space for low these many years, first picked, it was Matt Argusinger who actually brought it to me in Stock Advisor in May of 2010, and it is up exactly 1,400.0% as I look at it as we're speaking today, a 15-bagger spectacular performer. And yet, Maria and Tim, yeah, the company just $10.8 billion today. Now, off air earlier, Maria asked Tim, what did you guess last time? And Tim, what was your response? 
I have no idea, but I will say, <laughs> I'll make a guess now. I'll make a quick guess now. I think I probably said like $25 billion. And that is a pretty good guess at what you guessed back then. Uh, my good friend, Milena Butler, who runs the numbers for us and keeps track of all our market cap game shows of the past, let me know earlier today that, Tim, you guessed $27.1 billion on that okay. show three months ago. It was actually just then at 6.65. Here we are now at 10.8. Well, we'll just keep following this story going forward. All right, we're going to call that halftime. Rick, please play the halftime music for about three seconds. Excellent. And one of the reasons I told Rick to just keep that to three seconds is, team, I'm going to accelerate our pace here. We had a lot of fun with those first five stocks, but this podcast would go way too long if we had that much fun with our second half. So we'll accelerate our pacing a little bit for our players at home as well and go right to stock number six. Tim Byers, do you run at all these days? Do you get out on the road, maybe join somebody's 5K from time to time? I don't, but I do try to do somewhere between three and five miles of walking per day and throw the, the headphones on for podcasts. That's about that's that's what I like. I don't like to run, but I do love to walk. Wow. I mean, a lot of doctors, I think these days say they are kind of equivalent to each other and running can really wear on the knees. So I think you're doing it right. Maria, are you a runner? No, I can run three miles and that is it. <laughs> And that's about where I am these days. I'm sort of like a three-mile runner a couple times a week. So none of us, like we're not really drinking that much beer. We're not really running that much. But Tim what is walking. What are we doing? I'll, I'll say Tim's walking and listening to podcasts, Motley Fool podcast, we hope. And that's awesome, Tim. So let me stay with you, Tim, because one of those running brands that we've had in Motley Fool Rule Breakers for some years now, the date was... September 23rd, 2015, I recommended it for Motley Fool Rule Breakers at $47.57. I'm sorry to say, five years later, just about five-year anniversary, September 23rd, 2015, it's at $29.34, so down 38%. I did decide it had gotten crushed, and I re-recommended it in January of 2019. It is up 18% from there, but oh my golly. We're still behind the market on that one. So Skechers, a two-time wreck in Motley Fool Rule Breakers, twice a loser. But that's all the past. Right now, we're not even going to talk about the future. That's really what managed investors No, We're talking about the present because this is the market cap game show. Tim Byers, your best guess, the market cap for Skechers, ticker symbol SKX. I'm going to say $2.29 billion. And I'm not going to give Maria any clues as to whether or not that's a specific head fake or if I actually know that because we did consider Skechers for Odyssey 2, which is a supernova portfolio that I led for a little while, David. So mm. I'm not going to say which one it is. I may know it exactly. Wow. Tim, you may be playing the role of puppeteer here. It seems like you're bringing a new aspect where you could even be playing with your opponent on the market cap game show, which I guess is is fair. Maria, do you want to play? Is Skechers higher or lower than $2.29 billion? Tim's coming in with some psychological warfare. I'm going, I'm going to say lower. And unfortunately, Maria, even though she was a psychology major in college and can certainly wage just as good warfare on that battlefield, blew that one. Nope. Skechers, Maria, is four eight billion dollars tim the point goes to you i believe friends we are tied three to three does either of you own sketchers in your wardrobe no no but my my um one of your teenagers yes well i guess he's not a teenager anymore because he's 20 he may still own some sketchers 
What do you call him now, Tim? Do you, an adult? Yeah. I mean, he's... Look, I mean, the kid's more mature than I am. So, <laughs> of course, he's an adult. <laughs> All right. Well, if you didn't get him any Skechers shares, well, that's been a good thing for him because it's been a market underperformer the last five years. But we're, of course, now back to only thinking as investors. The future is all that matters. We'll see how Skechers works out. Let's go to stock number seven now. Earlier, Maria, you mentioned as part of your prep for the show that sometimes I will ask people about stocks that they brought themselves to our services. And you were right about that. Good intel from Aaron and Emily. So the date was January 23rd of this year, 2020. So just about eight months ago, Maria, what was the company you suggested we consider for Motley Fool Rule Breakers? Pinterest. Ticker symbol P-I-N-S. Maria, what was it at the time that caught your attention about Pinterest? Um, I just kept hearing a lot about it, and I understood where they were in their life cycle of monetizing their platform, and I thought it was a really interesting time as they started to ramp up that monetization, and I was impressed by them. And since I'm speaking now to the analyst that brought Pinterest to Motley Fool Rule Breakers, and it's up 63% since. The market, by the way, is flat from that day. So this has been a market crusher in its first eight months. Give us a little bit more, Maria. What are your thoughts about Pinterest going forward? I continue to really like it. So Pinterest has reached um, it has reached a lot of people in the U.S. And as they continue to increase monetization in the U.S., they are still in the beginning stages of that monetization internationally, and they have more international users than U.S. users. So as that monetization increases internationally, I think it'll just become more and more profitable. And I've also said monetization more in the past three minutes than I've ever <laughs> said in my life. <laughs> well said, though. And I, I would like to point out as well something I like about Pinterest, and I like it as well about Lululemon and some others. Stocks, the companies that sell directly, mainly to women, to females, tend in the Wall Street-driven, sometimes machismo world, tend to get overlooked. I always feel like there's a little bit of a premium that we should be attaching as analysts to companies that either have female CEOs, still a minority today, and usually if they're there, that means they're amazing that they got to that, and companies that are public companies that primarily have women in their clientele. Now, I would be the first to say Lululemon now has men buying too, which is a great strength of that company, but Pinterest also a little bit of a female energy company. And I, I like that too. Well, I feel like I'm asking the Oracle, speaking of Oracle, <laughs> the Oracle herself, Maria, what is the market cap right now of Pinterest? Ticker symbol P-I-N-S. $22.14 Players at home, Tim Byers, higher or lower? You know, I mean, I feel like that was some psychological warfare right there. But here's so I'm going to give. So here's the thing, though. I'm going to give two two quick thoughts on this. First, I know that around the time it came public, it was around 17 billion. I know that it's moved up since then. So some math tells me it's slightly higher than that, David. Closer to 24 billion. I think I I will we'll see. I might be wrong on this one, but I'm going to guess closer to 24 billion higher. Oh, man. I mean, you were, you were both close, of course. And Tim, I love that you were aware of it at IPO and thinking about its market cap back then. So the market cap for Pinterest is 21.97, but we would round to 22.0 billion. Of course, Maria was off by something like 0.1. You might say that it was 22.14 at 9.46 this morning. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's exactly. great. Exactly. And, and well I done. will say, I mean, we're never about intraday trading here. We do, however, 
record this podcast during market hours. Stock's up 8% as we speak today, the afternoon of September 22nd. So a very fine day for pinchers and a fine day in this case for Maria, who takes a 4-3 lead. Friends, we have three stocks left. Let's get to them. All right, stock number eight. Let's just go right to the ticker symbol. This is one of those companies where the ticker symbol is the corporate name. We've had it before on the Market Cap Game Show. It's one of those sleepy companies people tend to forget about. A sleeping giant? Well, you tell me, Tim Byers. The ticker symbol is E-B-A-Y. Tim, have you bought anything on eBay in the last five years? Last five years? I'm not sure. I mean, if you go back five years, maybe. But it's been it's definitely been some years since I bought anything on eBay. This is great. So all of the stocks that I somewhat randomly picked for this episode, none of us is really using or buying any of these yeah. things. <laughs> right. Right. It's all old world, and that's okay. <laughs> that, I guess, was the unintentional theme of this, the 13th episode of the Market Cap Game Show. But let's go right to it, Tim. I think most of us know what eBay is. Whether or not we're using it, Tim, what is the market cap of eBay today? I think it's right around $63.8 billion. Maria, players at home, higher or lower? I'm going to say it's a little bit lower. And sure enough, it is, although it's a little bit more than a little bit lower. eBay's market cap today is at $35.1 billion. So, Tim and Maria, I feel like you were both willing to accord it more value. This might be that Etsy buy indicator (laughs) that we've talked about already once on this show. Yep. eBay friends at $35 billion. Just as we talked about Oracle being at all time highs, it is interesting to note that eBay here right around $50 a share today is not that far from its all time highs. Friends, I feel as if PayPal, which it spun out years ago and has become much, much larger than eBay, sometimes overshadows eBay so much that we tend to think it's been kind of a loser. But if you look at a 10-year stock chart, it's gone from 10 to 50. That has not been a bad 10 years for any company, eBay included. Maria, we found out from Tim, he doesn't exactly use eBay that often. Do you? I don't think I've ever bought anything on eBay. All right. Uh, I think I bought a cassette tape for my grandma. That's (laughs) I did buy something for my grandma on eBay. It was a Frank Sinatra something. That's the perfect eBay use case right there. (laughs) That is perfect. And, you know, it's funny as we move on to stock number nine to think about how I guess we're telling old school stories about old school companies. But whether we're talking about Skechers or Boston Beer or Oracle or in this case, eBay, these are all very vital, pretty large, successful corporations today. Uh, We don't want to write them off too quickly, do we? Now, we're about to shift to a horse of a different color because this particular company has been on fire. Let me now turn to Maria and ask, Maria, if you were to seek, and I hope you haven't had to in 2020, medical help today, would you think of going to a doctor's office or might you do a little telemedicine? I'd be all in on telemedicine. And have you had any experience that you'd like to share with telemedicine at any point or not? I have never had to do telemedicine, but I will say that my sister had surgery on her teeth right before um, right before quarantine, and they told her sh- that she could take her own stitches out while her doctor was on FaceTime with oh. telemedicine. Oh, my. She wow. did it. She decided to <laughs> not, <laughs> but that, she could. <laughs> that is remarkable. Well, whether we've had to use telemedicine or not, increasingly, we find it's a corporate benefit and one that people really appreciate here during the COVID era, which we all hope ends yesterday. We'll see how things play out. In the meantime, 
Teladoc has been a spectacular performer. And I'm not just going to say in 2020 where it's done quite well, but in the years leading up to COVID-19 as well. One of the bigger headlines of the summer was the proposed merger between Livongo Health, which was a rule breaker stock pick, and Teladoc, which has been a rule breaker stock pick. So we have two of our favorite companies planning to merge. But here we're just going to stay focused on Teladoc. The ticker symbol is TDOC. Maria Gallagher, what is your best guess at the market cap of Teladoc? I'm going to say $18.8 billion. $18.8 billion. So I feel as if sometimes I've been rushing it, not giving our players at home enough time to really think about that for a few seconds before right away I ask, and I will now, players at home, Tim Byers, the market cap of Teladoc, is it higher or lower than $18.8 billion? This is hard. And if I remember right, you're going to have to remind me, David, did the last time when I was playing Dan, was I down five to three and I had to get the last two to tie? <laughs> is that right? It's really close. In fact, you were down, Tim, but the last two, you and Dan split. So you'd caught back up split. four to four and then you each got the last one. But yes, you were playing from behind as you have been this show as well. Man, always playing from behind. Okay. I think... So a couple of things here, the, of the, the number, I mean, Teladoc has been through the roof this year. I think year to date, it's been something like a six bagger. It's, it's been absolutely amazing how much this stock has moved. So I'm going to say, even though I think Maria's super close here, I think it might be slightly higher. And I'm sorry to say, Tim, that it <sighs> is slightly lower again another fine guess i mean for a lot of us playing at home we have to be impressed by the guesses that both maria and tim have brought to the table this week now they are professionals they are analysts they're not expected to follow any of these companies we're all following our different groups of uh, tim you're following cloud stocks and i'm not and i'm asking you about boston beer i mean i'm never going to make it that fair but i think it's worth uh, applauding uh, silently at home these two players for again they're courage to come on the show and also some excellent guesses. So Teladoc's market cap is 16.3 billion, not far off the 18.8, but in fact, lower. Well, that was pretty good. Uh, That was a really wild guess I gave and I'm impressed with how close I was. (laughs) Tim was right though. It has been a pretty spectacular stock. Now it's not up quite as much as Tim thought, which is maybe why he missed this one. But at the start of the year team, the stock was right around $80 a share and it's a 214 today. So, Hmm. I mean, that's up almost three times in value, which I would take every nine month period if I could get it. Uh, But in fact, some other companies, for example, Zoom, are up substantially more in this year, even though you'd think this would be the year of Teladoc. But I guess I get to brag a little bit every episode, and I'd like to mention that we brought Teladoc Health to Rule Breaker members on November 22nd, right around Thanksgiving of 2017. So our cost of $34 a share is up more like almost six times in value today. So it is interesting to note You mean I didn't say from cost basis when I said six times in value? (laughs) There you go. That that is what you should have said. It is worth noting that it's not just been a great stock during COVID. It really was a wonderful performer the several years leading up as the world does increasingly go digital. It does seem, Maria and Tim, as if we've accelerated our move toward digital. But a lot of these things were happening and in place years before. 
Before we go to our final stock, Tim, I would like to note two things. The first is, unfortunately, you are not going to win this particular episode this of one. the Market Cap Game Show. Maria has taken a commanding 6-3 to three lead. Maria, it seems to me you were somewhat apprehensive before playing your first game. You thought you wouldn't be very good at this. I think you're better than you thought you were going to be. I like to under-promise and over-deliver. That's, that's <laughs> how I like to live. <laughs> and that's what we like in our management teams, companies like Teladoc. Tim, do you have any experience with Teladoc? Not with Teladoc, but we have a re we you know we have really great benefits at the Motley Fool, and we have telemedicine benefits. And so I've used it twice. I had this weird like uh, it was a I don't know like an infection on my finger, and they came in. We used the camera on it. They gave me some meds. The first meds didn't work. I went back, and I it was awesome. I mean, I I am all in on telemedicine. So. I find myself, even though I got this one wrong, I find myself more interested in Teladoc. And I was already interested. Well, and, and with combining itself with Livongo Health, that's something that as a Rule Breaker member, anybody could go onto our site, read more about our thoughts there. But let's push on to close here, team. The score again, Maria, six, Tim, three. How are you doing at home? Let us know social media at RBI Podcast, how you scored this show. Again, thanks to my guests ahead of time, but here we go to stock number 10. Now, this is one of the three stocks this episode that are not active recommendations in either Stock Advisor or Rule Breakers. I'm pulling from outside our universe. This is known as the Aaron Bush rule. We began to change our game when Aaron broke our game. Longtime listeners will remember that. So I began to pull stocks outside of the seemingly unmemorizable, but to Aaron memorizable supernova universe which numbers around 240 stocks so this is one outside that group and yet walmart is certainly not just one of the biggest companies in america but one of the biggest companies in the world and a company that until recently you would have thought i don't know amazon would badly displace and certainly amazon has dramatically outperformed walmart over the years and yet walmart is still there and it's walmart i think it's been one of those companies we're grateful to have to have in business here in the year 2020 as we're casting about for anything from toilet paper to, I don't know, a ring doorbell. Actually, that's I think that's owned by Amazon. So maybe that's not my best example. Let me turn to Tim for this stock number 10. Tim, before you guess the market cap of Walmart today, do you have any Walmart stories of your own? I don't think so. I again, we're going old school here. I'm such an Amazon customer. Like, should I be more of a Walmart customer? Now you've got me thinking, right? Like, should I be looking at Oracle? Do I need to be going back to Walmart? Should I be like buying, like going back and getting like the Winterfest Boston beer? Like, I, I, I need to re-examine my life now, David. So, I, um. Boy, no, I can't remember the last time I was at a Walmart. Well, one thing to note is that Walmart is the other half of the partnership with Oracle to take over the right. TikTok North American operations. So Walmart looking for more relevance. I mean, I wouldn't have expected that months ago. I don't think I ever could have predicted that Walmart would be taking over a portion of TikTok. Maybe that shows a new kind of a company going forward. But we're talking not about the future again, but here about the present. Tim Byers, what is the market cap, your best guess, for Walmart? Ticker symbol WMT. Man, this is for pride. So I've got to I've got to give this one a good... i got to give this one a, a good <laughs> shot. All right. So let me talk this one out for a second. I do feel like there was... A, there, there was a moment where this stock was like well over $500 billion in market cap. And and I, I don't think it's moved a lot um, 
recently. But then again, they've been doing a lot of things right as a business. So I'm going to give them some extra credit here, David, and maybe too much credit. And I will say 613.6 billion dollars in market cap. A little bit of psychological warfare there for you, Maria, as he goes with the single decimal. Maria and players at home, higher or lower? I think it's a little, I think it's lower. I think it's around 388-something, 388 <laughs> to 390. If we're gonna is, there a, specific. is there a 9.49 a.m. timestamp around that one? <laughs> yeah, they're all, if you looked at it earlier today, <laughs> I would say maybe it was around 388. Wow, that's a pretty great guess. It is much smaller, Tim, than you okay. were guessing or than I would have guessed. I have to admit, I did not know that the market cap of Walmart is $392.4 billion. I would have thought it was in the 550 club, something like that. But sure enough, one of the world's largest retailers. And unless you're comparing it to Amazon, it looks big compared to almost anybody else but 392 for Walmart. I really thought this was bigger, David, because, you know, they're actually working with Shopify. They're working with another rule breaker that I really like fastly. They're doing so much e-commerce and they're building essentially their own competitor to AWS. So you know what? I think my takeaway here, David, is like maybe the world is completely underestimating Walmart. Maybe I've underestimated Walmart and I need to go back and take a look. Well, fair enough. And anytime you guess a much larger market cap than the actual market cap, that to me is a watch list item for you, me, all of us fools at home. Nota bene. Now, I would like to point out before we shut it all down here, team, that Walmart really has been a pretty good stock. I have to admit, I've never recommended it. I don't really follow the company. I'm more interested in the companies that come along and disrupt companies like Walmart, but the stock is right around all-time highs as we speak. And if you were looking at WMT uh, at the start of 2016, you were looking at like a $60 stock, and today it's $137. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim, you're mentioning some of the plantings, the future bets that they're putting in, and they're all technology bets. So in a world in which Warren Buffett is pre-buying IPO shares of Snowflake, it seems not unfair at all for Walmart to turn into a so-called tech stock, a phrase I rarely use and generally do so humorously. But Tim, thank you for that, that reflection. And I want to thank both Maria and Tim for being wonderful, gracious players. History will note that Maria won this game 7-3, to three, which is an outstanding rookie performance. Blowout. Maria, blowout. I hope you had a lot of fun. It was very fun. Thank you. It was cool today to think through. I was like, if I was David, what stocks would I ask myself? <laughs> it, it seems like you did a pretty good job imagining if you were me. So I'm flattered and honored and grateful that it translated into your score. Tim Byers, thank you for your effort as well. And Tim, I know you're overseeing some of our cloud stock service these days. Do you want to throw out a, a cloud reflection or a stock tip before you go? Sure. I mean, there is going to be so much investment in this space. I mean, David, you know, I mean, I'm bringing as as many tech stocks as I ever have for you to consider at Rule Breakers. The valuations are pretty insane, but this is going to continue for a while. The amount of investment that is in this space is unprecedented. And I say that today, and I say it's unprecedented today. Wait five years from now, and we're going to say again, wow, the level of investment in this space is unprecedented. So if we're saying it again, and we're going to say it again in five years, I think that tells you a lot. 
Really good point, Tim. And I still remember when you first were saying in 2008 or so, hey, there's this thing coming called the cloud. And at the time, I think it was probably enticing for Motley Fool marketing pieces where we were able to entice people with this idea of what is the cloud. I think these days we look backwards and say, wow, just kind of like the internet took over everything, the cloud also took over everything. And it's fun to reflect back on that. Well, again, thank you to Maria and Tim. Thank you to my players at home. I hope you did well. Most of all, though, I hope you got a little smarter, a little happier, and maybe a little richer, too, because that's what we're trying to do every day at The Motley Fool. Well, again, coming up this weekend, a special weekend extra, my interview with John Mackey of Whole Foods fame on his book, Conscious Leadership. That will be appearing, I think, on Saturday morning, thanks to the extra efforts of my producer, Rick Engdahl. In the meantime, thanks for suffering fools gladly. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.